Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Here I am in front of the house that Alan and Carmen Snedeker moved into in 1986. They rented the home to live in it with their daughter and their three sons. After living in it for a short period of time, they found some weird paraphernalia in the basement, only to find out that this home used to be a funeral home. After that, they started discovering weird noises in the house, seeing weird things, and they began to to be haunted by demonic activity. In fact, they described one of the the demons being uh, long black hair and black eyes, another one with white hair and white eyes wearing a pinstripe tuxedo. Ed and Lorraine Warren began to investigate this. They're ones that had investigated the Amityville horror and they declared that yes, indeed, this is a haunted house. They wrote a book about it and that book in 2009 was turned into a movie called The Haunting in Connecticut. Is this an urban legend or is this the truth? Is this a real haunted house? Well, as I started thinking about it, I started wondering if you're living in a haunted house that you're renting, you don't own this, but you're renting it and you start experiencing demonic activity that's terrifying you and your family, would you just stay there or would you move on? They claim to be there for two years after the fact. Not only that, the people that lived into the house, in the house previously never experienced any of this activity, and the people that lived in the house afterward never experienced any of it either. So my opinion is that they were looking to cash in. Well, see what happened is they hired an author to write their book. The author came back and said years later that none of their stories even matched up, and they told him just make up whatever you want just make sure it's really scary my opinion this is just an urban legend i was getting ready to leave and a car came up to me and a lady was in the car she's like whoa what are you doing here i'm like well i was shooting a video i'm I'm a pastor honestly i gave her my card and she's like you know my my daughter was in the house and saw and, and she's she was kind of freaked out seeing somebody standing out there shooting a video. I'm like, you're living in a haunted house and you're, you're afraid of, you know, from me being out there. And, and I said, I said, well, how long have you lived there? She's like 17 years. I said, have you ever experienced anything? And she's like, absolutely not. And she had a, a daughter about seven, eight years old. And she's like, this house is absolutely not haunted. But yet there's a movie about it. And it's all this crazy stuff. So we're going to be talking about urban legends. My name is Judah Thomas. I'm the pastor here at Thrive, and I am so glad that you're here with us today and, and uh, glad that you've joined us. And for those of you that have joined us online, we're glad that you're watching as well. And, um, and we are going to be jumping into some of these urban legends. I mean, we, we've heard a bunch of things since we since we're kids, right? You ever hear the one about, um, what is it, if, if, you, if you're chewing bubble gum and you swallow it, Right, like it stays in your stomach for like seven years or something like that. You know, it's not true. I mean, it comes out of you. Believe me, it comes out. It doesn't just stay there. Um, There was another urban legend. I don't know if you ever heard of this. It came out years and years and years ago. Um, 
And it was about McDonald's that they were mixing earthworms into their hamburger patties. Earthworms. I mean, have you heard something similar? Sometimes, you know, mealworms, earthworms, something like that. So this urban legend is going out there. People are, are getting grossed out and saying, oh, oh, they're putting earthworms in their hamburger patties because they want to save money. And, uh, and, and Ray Kroc, he bought McDonald's in 1955. And he did something very wise. He came out, and it's like, how do, you, how do you even defeat an urban legend like that? So this is what he said. He says, we couldn't afford to grind worms into our meat. Hamburger costs a dollar and a half a pound, yet earthworms cost $6 a pound. I mean, and just debunk that urban legend right there. You know, there's all kinds of things that we hear around different things that happen in haunted houses and, and, and swamp monsters and, and, you know, abominable snowmen. That might be a true one. I mean, you know, I think I, I've been seeing him around for a while. But, you know, there's these urban legends, but there's also spiritual myths Spiritual things that we hear, people say, oh, that's from the Bible, and well, it may not really be from the Bible. The one that we're talking about today, our eternity depends on knowing the truth about this. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about another myth, another spiritual myth. You you don't want to miss it, and this is one of the ones that I would say in the church overall, this is one of the most dangerous myths that people believe, but we'll talk about that Next week. The one we're talking about this week is the most common, though, most common spiritual myth. I mean, we see it on TV. I mean, we, we hear it on the radio. Everybody talks about it. Movie stars talk about it. We see it in our politics day in and day out. And it's that there's many ways to God. That there's many ways to God. Did you know almost 60% of people? that call themselves Christians, that call themselves followers of Christ, almost 60%, that means 6 out of every 10, 60 out of every 100 people that call themselves believers believe this myth, that there's many ways to God. As long as you're sincere, whatever you believe in, it's going to lead you to God. Like the old saying, all roads lead to Rome. All roads, all paths lead to God. You know, it really feels good to say that, doesn't it? It's very inclusive. Oh, it doesn't matter. You believe what you want. I believe what I want. It's okay because it all leads to God. Is it true or is it a legend? You know, it's interesting how you can talk about God anywhere, can't you? I mean, you can talk about God on Oprah. You can talk about God in a movie. You can talk about spirituality, and to anybody, nobody gets offended. You can talk about karma, you know, what goes around comes around. But you start talking about Jesus, and then people freak out. People freak out. They're like, what's going on? Like, like what you talk, I mean, well, God I can handle, but Jesus, I'm not so sure about that. It's like there was a fourth grade teacher. And, and she was asking the class, they were talking about Easter. And this little fourth grade girl stood up and said, Easter is the celebration of Jesus coming back to life from him raising from the dead again. And the teacher said, no, that's not true. Jesus didn't raise from the dead. The Romans took his body and he hid it. And the little girl said, no, he didn't. He rose from the dead. And the teacher says, no, 
He did. And, and, the teach, and the little girl says, well, how about this? When I die and go to heaven, I'll ask the Romans, I'll ask them if, if they took the body or not. And the teacher says, but what if the Romans aren't in heaven? She says, well, then you ask them, okay? <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's these, these urban legends. Of people don't want to talk about Jesus. There's many ways to God, we say. Or, or is it true Jesus is the only way? People say it's narrow-minded. They say, oh, you're narrow-minded for believing that Jesus is the only way. You're judgmental because you believe that. And, and honestly, I mean, this is a problem for followers of Christ. Because the Bible tells us that we should be loving to everyone. It says that they'll know that you're Christians by your love. And yet here's this big problem that we have. And it's in saying Jesus is the only way to God. Are there really other ways to God? Man, if we took that out of our belief, we would make a lot more friends. Is this a legend or is it true? Well, Let's look at some of the claims of Jesus. Did you know no one debates whether or not Jesus existed, right? I mean, we don't look at Jesus as the tooth fairy, right? And we all say, okay, the tooth fairy doesn't exist. Or maybe more accurately, we're all the tooth fairy, right? You know, we're the ones that are the tooth fairy. But, but Jesus, everybody knows he existed. Historically, we know that he lived. And most people... They love his teaching, too. They say, man, his teaching is great. He taught some good things. He taught to love people, even people that don't like you. He taught that if somebody hits you on the cheek, you should turn the other cheek. I mean, who couldn't love that? He taught you to, to be generous to people in need. He, told, he taught us to, to, to help the people that are hurting. So no one debates his existence and, and most people like his teaching and say he was a good teacher, but what they debate is his claim to be God. Was Jesus God? John 14, 6, we'll read what Jesus says. Jesus told them in John 14, 6, he said, "What? Well, let's read this together. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me except through me now this my friends is a polarizing statement isn't it i mean jesus is like laying it all on the line he's throwing it out there and says look i am the way the truth and the life and if you misunderstood it no one comes to the father except through me i mean he, he's not leaving any open doors there how? How? I mean, is he really the only way? Is Jesus really the only way? Or, or, or was, he just, was he just lying here? In John 10, starting in verse 30, it says, The Father and I are one. And then listen to what happens in verse 31. It says, Once again, the people around, they picked up stones to kill him. Jesus says, At my, direction, my Father's direction, I've done many good works. For which of these works are you going to stone me? And they replied, We're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You are a mere man claiming to what? To be God. You are a mere man claiming 
to be God. Why did they want to kill him? Not because he was doing miracles, but because he was claiming to be God. And that freaks everyone out. If I came up here and I said, hey folks, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get to God except through me. I am God. I mean, you might, you'd be like, okay, see ya. <laughs> you know, you'd be out the door in a heartbeat. This guy has lost it. And, and, and that's what they felt. They felt, this guy's speaking blasphemy. But here's the interesting thing. We look at Muhammad. We look at the Dalai Lama. We look at, at Buddha. We look at Confucius. And not one of them were claiming to be God. Prophets, maybe. But they weren't claiming to be God. This, this is what separates Jesus from the rest. But it also is what offends people. How could he claim to be God? Deciding the answer to this question is one of the most important things that we'll ever do in our life. Our eternal destiny, our eternal destination hinges on this question. Are there many ways to God or is there only way? One, if Jesus is the only way to God, then we should totally surrender our lives to him. We should give everything we are to him and live our lives for his glory. But if it's not true, if it's not true, if Jesus is not, you should leave here and never come back. Don't waste your time coming to church because it's all just a joke if he is not the only way. So let's explore it a little bit. Is this a legend or is this the truth? Let's put Jesus to the test. The first thing we're going to test is his credibility. His credibility. Is he who he says he is? Now, here, here's the thing that's interesting. The closer you get to a person, the less impressed you are with them, right? I mean, you, you, you ever meet like a, like a superstar or something? And man, from a distance, man, these people look awesome. But once you get to know them, like you get to meet them, you start to see their flaws, you start to see whatever. I mean, man, they, they might not be the nicest people. From a distance, people look impressive. But you get close to somebody, ooh, not so impressive. Man, if, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. You remember, remember when, you, when you met your spouse, you fall in love like, man... I'm so impressed with you. <laughs> you get married. I'm still kind of impressed with you. <laughs> a couple of years later, what in the world? Who do you think you are? You know, the closer we get to somebody, the less impressed we are. So we're going to look at three things to test his credibility. Three different things. The first thing we're going to look at is what people said about him. What people said about him. Now, we can look at what his fans said, his disciples said about him, but let's look at some people that had nothing to gain. They, they had nothing to gain by saying what they did. The first is, is Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was, was the governing ruler around, and, and, and when, uh, when Jesus was arrested, the religious leaders, because they wanted to kill him for blasphemy and for a number of things, they brought him to Pilate because they needed his permission could kill him and, and so so Pontius Pilate keep in mind he's a Roman Romans of that day and age were ruthless brutal people they didn't give a rip whether you lived or died 
honestly. I mean, I'm sure Pilate had been in battle. He'd probably killed people, seen hundreds of people killed, and had given commands for many, many people to be killed. So he didn't really have anything to lose or gain by this. So, so he's under pressure now by the religious leaders to kill this guy. So here's Pilate. You know, he's probably just like, you know what, let's just get this over with. He's going to bring Jesus in and find some good reason that they could kill him. And, and they were good at that, right? I mean, they, they, could find, they could probably take any of us and find a reason. Oh, you drove 57 in a 55 today. Okay, you know, it's off to crucifixion with you. I mean, they could find some fault in all of us. So here's the thing. He was looking for sin. He was looking for a reason to kill Jesus. But in John 18, 38... This is what he said. What is truth, Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, he is not guilty of any crime. He is not guilty of any crime. Imagine what it would take for this jaded, toughened Roman ruler to say he's not guilty of any crime. In the King James Version it says, I couldn't find any fault in him. See, Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. Now now try it. Next time you think you're God, go around and ask people around you, say, do you think, you know, do you, do, is there anything wrong with me? And what, what are they going to say? They're going to be like, okay. Um, you go to your work. Do I have any faults? Ask your spouse. Do I have any faults? Do you want, do you want the whole list or just the top 100? <laughs> you know? I mean, we're like... You know, you got faults. I mean, you're not fooling me, telling me you're the son of God. Your husband, your wife, your kids are saying, hey, I'm the son of God. Oh, no, you aren't. <laughs> you won't even clean your room. Come on, how could you? I mean, here's the thing. Pilate says, I found no fault in him. He was looking for it, but he couldn't find it. Later on, there's the centurions. These are the, the Roman soldiers, and they're buddies. These are the guys that beat Jesus, that whipped him, that ultimately nailed him to a cross, and then they, 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 they hung it up. They could care less about this guy. Man, they've crucified hundreds of people. They see it all the time. In fact, there's three guys hanging on the cross right now, and they don't really care. They don't give a rip. But when Jesus died, the Bible teaches us that the earth began to shake. There, there was a, a curtain in the temple that was ripped from the top to the bottom. And listen to what it says in Matthew 27, verse 54. It says, The Roman officer and the other soldiers of the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that happened. And they said, what? What did they say? This man truly was, what? The Son of God. They had nothing to gain. They just killed the guy. They're just following orders like... I don't care who this dude is. Sure, you want me to kill another guy? Sure. And here they are saying this man truly was the Son of God. Something was different. So, that was what people said about him. The second was, what did Jesus actually do? Well, he was very well known and famous for his teachings. He was, he was well known for his miracles. Mark 6, 2 says, The next Sabbath... He began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to do and perform such miracles? 
Nobody debated what he was doing. He was teaching things that they had never heard. He said he has so much wisdom. What did he do? I mean, he took the blind people and he gave them back their sight. He took the deaf and he opened up their ears. He took a person with a shriveled up hand and made the hand grow back. He took people that were lame and couldn't walk and made them walk again. He cast out demons. He took wine and I mean, took water and turned it into the best wine you've ever had. He fed 5,000 with a couple of fish and some loaves of bread. Probably fed their whole families as well. He walked on water. He calmed the storms. He raised dead people back to life again. Nobody, nobody debated the miracles. In fact, these miracles made the Pharisees hate him. The Pharisees, they were the religious leaders of the time. They were the people that thought they were all that in a bag of chips. They're like, oh, oh, I know God, but I don't like this guy. They wanted him to stop. They admitted he was doing miracles, but they wanted him to stop. That's what Jesus did. But what did God do? See, this, this, this stands out from anyone else. This is important to recognize that the Scripture claims Jesus, He died not only, but He also came back to life again. He came back to life. Peter was speaking on Solomon's porch. And in Acts 3.15, he says, You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And what? We are witnesses to this fact. This wasn't an urban legend. This wasn't old wives' tales. It wasn't just something that they heard, you know, in in the gossip. This was something they were witness to. They saw it with their own eyes. Now, there's a lot that we can debate here. No one debates, though, if he existed. We don't debate the quality of teaching, but was he really raised from the dead? Some people say that he wasn't. Some people say the Romans just took the body and they hid the body away. Think about it. The Romans hid the body. And and it caused all this uproar. Now, the Romans would have loved nothing more than to produce the body and say, look guys, he's still dead, now shut up. And go back to your little homes. He's still dead. He's not alive again. But they never did that. They would have let us say, you disciples, you're all full of it. He's still dead. But they never did that. Some people say the disciples stole the body. Right? The disciples stole the body. Is it possible? These, these unarmed, untrained, uneducated people came in and overpowered the Roman guards. I mean, these guys were like the best of the best, right? These guys were like like MMA fighters. I mean, they've killed and they want to do it again. And I mean, these guys are tough. They're looking for a fight. And there's a bunch of them out there. And here comes these little fishermen and a tax, man, that tax collector, he's got a good left hook though, you know? I mean, what what are they going to do? They're going to come in and overpower the Roman guards? And even if they did, even if they did, the Roman guards could have said, came and said, yes, we got overpowered. That little tax collector, man, he is tough. And, and they knocked us all unconscious. They moved the big rock out of the way, and they took the body. They stole it. It's, that's what happened. Think about this. Jesus had 12 disciples. 
Well, Judas hung himself, and, and John lived on the island of Patmos till he died of old age. But how did the other ten disciples die? They died a martyr's death. You know, this becomes very real to us in this day and age, right? I mean, we see videos and images online of, from ISIS, and we see people dying a martyr's death. We're terribly shocked by it, but back then it was a common occurrence. And these ten disciples were tortured, and they died because of Christ. Who would die for a lie? Who would die for a lie? Scripture says that he was seen after his death. In the upper room, he was seen. He was seen on the road to Emmaus. He was seen in 1 Corinthians. It says over 500 people saw him at one time. Ask yourself, can any rational person believe that 11 uneducated men came up with the craziest scheme of all time? They pulled this thing off. They kept it a secret with no motivation at all for gain. In fact, the opposite. They would get hurt and killed for this belief. They pulled it off with severe cost to them personally. They were hated, they were despised, they were rejected, they were abused, they were tortured, and they were even killed, murdered, in order to cheat the world into becoming a better place. What a scheme these guys had, right? These 11 guys. Urban legend, or is this the truth? Many ways to God. In this politically correct world, you know, it feels right. It feels safe. It's not offensive. But Jesus made an exclusive claim. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. So we looked at his credibility. Now let's look at his character. Is he who he says he is? Is he a man of God or is he a lunatic? Does he have integrity? In John 8, 46, he says, Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? No one could accuse him of sin. Who can accuse him of sin? And then I say, prove it. Why don't we believe then? We only have three options. The first option is to say that Jesus was a liar. Liar like the rest of us, right? Have, have anybody here ever lied before? Anyone ever told a lie? Like half of you? Come on. The rest of you are lying right now. You're lying like a rug. Come on. There's no way. We, we, we all tell you know, In fact, I, I was seeing about the other day. I was a kid, and, uh, and my dad told me to, to pick up the paper, like there was like garbage and paper like in our lawn, like litter. And, and so I was going out and I was picking up the litter in our lawn and there was like a little gum wrapper. And I was like, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And, and this gum wrapper, I don't know why I did it. I could have just easily picked it up, but instead I kind of shoved it deeper under the grass and kind of like covered it over. And then I went inside and my dad said to me, he said, did you pick up all the trash in the yard? And I said, yes. He says, did you leave anything behind? Now, kids, <laughs> here's a clue. If they ask the question again, you're probably done for, okay? But I just went on with it. I'm like, yeah, I picked it all up. And he walked me out there, and he dug in the grass, and he said, what about this? And I'm like, oh, you know? And, and, and he's like, I was watching you the whole time. 
And, uh, and I ended up regretting that decision, let me tell you. Because, not because I left a piece of paper there, but it was because I told a lie. We, we tell lies so easily sometimes. I used to teach kids, man, and, and I mean, they, they lie. Man, kids, you're like, you know, how many of you went to the moon today? And they're like, yeah, I did, you know. And I mean, it's like they, they'll just say whatever sometimes. Well, maybe Jesus was a liar, but if he was, he was really good at it, wasn't it? I mean, he was so persuasive, he got 12 people, to, actually 70 people, to, to totally just give up their lives, leave their families, leave their jobs, and follow him for three years because of this lie. He convinced them so well. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the MLM things. It's like Amway. He's like, come on, guys. Let's get on the ground floor of this new religion, man. We'll get levels underneath you, and you can retire, and you'll be set for life, right? I mean, I mean he, he, he was working that, right? They left all this stuff. I mean, you know, at some point you wonder, did Jesus think, I didn't know if I could pull it off, but man, it seems like people are buying it. You know what? I think 2,000 years from now, people will still believe that I'm, I'm God. It might just work. Now, if he was lying, don't you think at some point he would have broken? I mean, he would have to. He's not Chuck Norris. Come on. I mean, he, he would have to break at some point. I don't know when. Maybe it's when they were beating him. You know, they got rings on their finger, and they were just pounding him in the face, punching him, punching him, punching him. The Bible says they beat him so much that you couldn't even recognize if he was a human being. Maybe he would have broken then. Maybe, he, maybe not, though. Maybe, maybe when they stripped him naked, and, and then they took the whip that had pieces of, of, of bone embedded in the whip, and then they would whip it against him, and then they would yank on it, and it would just rip him open. Maybe at one of those points, he would have broken. Maybe he's, maybe he's really tough, though. He's like, I'm just fooling him, but I'm going to hang on a little longer. Man, that Roman soldier comes over there with that mallet and those nails. And I don't know, I, I think he would have broken at that point. I, I have a, a friend that, that used to do interrogation, and, and he tells me, he says, everyone breaks at some point. Everyone breaks at some point. But Jesus, he never, he never broke. I mean, you think the, the Roman soldier would come and he, Jesus like, April Fool's, guys! <laughs> it was all a big joke. I was joking. It's just a lie. Can we just go home now? Put the nails down. I was just a bored carpenter. Wood on Monday, wood on Tuesday, wood on Thursday. And I just needed something to take up my time. Is he a liar? I mean, here's a man that we say he's known for his moral teachings. You ask anybody, oh, he was a great teacher. Well, if he was a great teacher, I mean, does a liar constitute a great teacher? But it's an option. The other thought is, is that he was a lunatic. I mean, this guy was just bonkers. He was just crazy. Lock him up in a mental hospital. Like this guy, he was walking down the road, and, and there was a big fence that, that fenced in this mental hospital. And there was a hole in the fence and a sign that says, do not look in this hole. 
And as he's walking by, he hears this weird noise, this weird laughter saying, 13, 13, 13, 13. And the guy's like, what in the world? It's like, 13, 13. And he sees a sign, do not look in the hole, and 13. So finally, his curiosity gets the best of him. He bends down, he looks in the hole, and boop, gets poked right in the eye. And the guy's 14, 14, you know. I mean, maybe he was just loony. You know? Maybe he was crazy. Like, like, he had the Messiah complex, right? Like Jim Jones or, or David Koresh. You remember these guys? I mean, they, they say, oh, I'm God, or they start claiming to be a deity. But they also had a history of very disturbing behavior, didn't they? But Jesus, he was the most loving and caring, most generous person that ever lived. Was he a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or was he the Lord? The Lord of all? Why do some people not respect him? Why, why do they, you know, think that, oh, he's not what he says he is? It's because we don't really understand. And sometimes we watch these movies. And, you know, what, I don't know about girls, but guys, a lot of times, what are we doing? We're sizing up another guy, right? Like, oh. I could take him, you know? And, we, and we, see, we see the movies with Jesus in it, and like, you know, I could beat him up. Like, come on, how, how could this be? How, I don't think we could have beat Jesus up. I mean, he was a carpenter. I mean, this guy was, was tough as nails, and a lot of times, but he gets portrayed as like this, this kind of feminine, you know, long, blow, flowing, blonde hair guy, and we're like, I don't know. I don't see it. This past week, I, I uh, took my kids to... The Yale Art Museum, man, they have some amazing, amazing artwork there. They have a lot of religious art, though, and they have a lot of paintings of Jesus. And I'm like, man, he looks like a wimp. <laughs> like, how they painted him, he's just like, eh. like I mean, like, come on. Like, and and we, so we see that, and we're like, I don't know. I don't know about that. But think about what the Bible says. John, when he was stranded on the island of Patmos, he had this vision of Jesus. Here's what it says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. It says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Here's Jesus coming through. He's waging a war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood. That's pretty hardcore. I mean, I'm sorry. That, that, you know, you come out with a robe dipped in blood, you're probably tough. Um, he wore a robe dipped in blood. His title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, Followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He'll rule them with an iron rod. He'll release the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe at his thigh was written this title. The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. The King of kings, the Lord of all lords. Think about this. Jesus, he was 30 years old. 30 years old, how many here are over 30 years old? A lot of us. Man, 30 years old, we're like, man, that's just a kid. <laughs> you know, if you're younger than 30, you're like, what do you mean? That's an old person. But, um, but he was 30 years old. He only had three years in public ministry, or three years or less. Think about our whole lifetime. How much is three years? Not a very long time, is it? But this 30-year-old person 
split time in half with his birth. Think about it. When I was brought up, there was no such thing as BCE. They teach that now, BCE, the before common era. I didn't grow up with that. Probably a lot of you didn't grow up with that. What did we grow up with? B.C., before Christ. In the last 10 or 15 years, they've ch- tried to say, oh, it's B.C.E. Why? Because they want to emphasize secularism. They don't want to admit that Jesus is Christ. Christ means the Lord. Before the Lord came, B.C., A.D., means in the year of our Lord. His birth split time in two. Say the king of kings, he never wore a crown except the crown of thorns. Yet every king that has come since has marked their reign based on the birth of this carpenter. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of all lords. In Philippians 2.10, says that at that name Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Even the devil will bow to the name of Jesus. Now, if you were Satan, who would you attack? You would attack the name of Jesus. You know, you could talk about religion, you could talk about spirituality, but not about Jesus because that's too narrow-minded. Name one religious leader out there whose name is a swear word. You watch a movie. I mean, you know, it's like they're PG-13, rated R, and it's like, Jesus Christ, but not saying it in a good way. It's a swear. You never hear somebody out, you know, you're building something, somebody hits their hand, your thumb with a hammer, boom. Oh, Muhammad! Muhammad, Muhammad! Buddha, 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 Buddha! Oh, man. No. It's Jesus Christ. Here is Jesus. He asked his disciples, Who does everybody think I am? In Mark 8, 28. Well, they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say Elijah, and others say you're one of the other prophets. But then Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. Who do you say he is? Not just with your lips, but with your actions. Maybe you say, well, I I grew up in it as a little kid. I went to church. I said a prayer. I got confirmed. I got baptized. Say, well, well, he's, he's my Savior. But we say that with our lips. But do our lives reflect that? Past week, the past seven days, what would your actions say about your life? Do they reflect Jesus being Lord? Or do they reflect something entirely different? Were you reading God's Word on a daily basis? Man, that's one of the most important things we can do is read God's Word on a daily basis. Were we praying? Were we meditating on Scripture, thinking about it? Worshiping God? Were we serving other people? Were we looking for people that are far from God and saying, you know what? why don't you come to church with me or or have you thought about this or let me pray with you about this in your life? Or are we just saying it with our lips? Maybe maybe this past week, maybe we were more concerned about our job and our house and our cars and our clothes and making sure we get to the gym on time and things that are temporary instead of being concerned with things that last. I mean, I'll be honest, my actions, they don't always reflect Jesus 
as Lord. But man, that should be our goal each and every day, that it's not just with our lips, but our life. It's popular to say there's many ways to God. But man, the decision to this myth is going to be the most important thing we can ever decide. See, it's easy to say, oh, there's many ways, but it's more dangerous to actually look at the facts, to actually study it, to do your homework and come out saying, no, he is the Lord. He is the Savior. He's my friend. He's my Redeemer. He's the King of Kings. He's my shelter. He's my righteousness. He's the Lord of Lords. He's my redemption. He's the bread of life. He's the door. He is my Savior and my Lord. And there's only one way that I can access God. And it's not through any of these other ones because I believe that Jesus was not saying a lie when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me. If there was any other way, Jesus wouldn't have to have come and died. He could have just done his own thing and lived a nice life. But he came. Who do you say he is? Is he a liar? Is he just a lunatic? Is he crazy or is he the Lord? Let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. and Lord, we come to you now and we thank you for your goodness to us and we thank you for your word which teaches us. Lord, help us to trust you. We see that Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Help us to put our trust now there's two groups of people here today and one, one group I just say you know you, maybe you say you're following Christ but do your actions does your life reflect the lordship of Jesus are you saying it with your lips only or are you saying it with your life and if that's where you are I would just want to pray this for you of, but Father I ask you to help each person give you their life. I would encourage you to take a moment and think of these things that maybe you're getting in the way of Jesus being the first priority and just confess them to him. Say, God, this thing's been number one for a while now. Lord, we give these things to you. We want you to be number one. We want to live our lives for your glory, your honor. Let nothing else come in between us and our relationship with you. There, there may be another group here of you that, that have, you've been wrestling with this thing maybe for a while, saying, is Jesus the Lord or is he just another prophet? Is he just another one of the many ways to heaven? And hopefully through this, you've begun to see that, that he is who he says he is. He is trustworthy. He's true. He wants to to, to give you a new life. God's word says that that those who are in Christ are new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. It also says that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is not a liar, not a lunatic, but we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, and we say that with our mouth that we will be saved. And if that's who you are, I want to say a prayer right now and just invite you to join in in saying this prayer of dear God, I believe that Jesus is Lord. He is who he says he is. And I'm going to follow him. 
Lord, just bless each person that's here. Draw us closer to you. Help us not to believe the myths, the lies that come at us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.